0: Hey everyone, it's your pal Sully, the host of Locked On MLB. I want to apologize. I had a technical issue happen with today's podcast that I recorded with Scott Bentley of Locked On Tigers. I have no idea why my microphone, which I tested before recording, sounded very, very muffled. So uh, I apologize for the sound quality. I'm going to release the podcast as a sound-only podcast. I'm not going to release the video podcast Um, It was a good conversation, and I just want to apologize for the technical mishap right at the top. Anyway, here's a little bit of my conversation with Scott Bentley of Locked On Tigers. Again, apology for the technical problems. You are locked on MLB. Daily MLB podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. Where we talk about all of Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. So you can tell by the lower third right there. You can call me Sully. In today's episode, which is being dropped on the 16th day of November. 2021. We're gonna be talking about the rookie of the year. We're talking about the improving tigers. Scott Bentley of Locked On Tigers is gonna be making his locked on MLB debut. I'm happy to, that he's gonna be on the show. I'm prying him long enough from the television where he's watching the Red Wings. I think when the Stanley Cup again, I don't follow hockey anymore. I assume when when in doubt, assume the Stanley Cup is either in Detroit or in Tampa. That's just a safe thing to do these days. This show is available on YouTube. And thanks so much for making us your first listeners. We're available on all your free podcasting catchers. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown MLB Pods. Same handle for Instagram. I'm your pal Sully, as you can read from there. You can follow me at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. So yeah, I'm really, really happy to be bringing aboard the host, the new host of Lockdown Tigers. And we're bringing right aboard. There's so much to talk about. Scott Bentley, welcome aboard. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm I'm jazzed up today. I'm jazzed up today. The uh, the wings lost, but but the tigers they 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 put kept me up.
0: All right. And by the way, this is I may be showing a little bit of my age right now, but I'm going to throw a pop quiz at you right now. What popular, mainstream, iconic sci-fi film from the 1980s featured someone saying in detroit saying the line the tigers are playing tonight i never miss a game
1: i'm not sure i can answer robocop oh well not, okay fair Clarence enough, Potiphar,
0: enough. Me. The dad Uh, 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 the the actor around to play the dad in that 70s show in the middle of uh, when all the guns were pulled out, he said guns, 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 come on the Tigers are playing tonight fair enough so that's the type of Tiger fan that we have here, someone who would take on Robocop in a cocaine shootout and (laughs) that brings us right to Scott Bentley here, Scott, tell us a little bit about you and how you got this wonderful gig of following the Detroit Tigers
1: yeah, so uh, so basically I uh, went during peak lockdown, during COVID and everything, I um, basically just started making videos of myself yelling in my car, much like the previous <laughs> Lockdown Tigers host, uh, Chris Castellani, did a similar mm-hmm. thing. And, and so, I yeah, I, I, uh, Chris and I are friends, and, and I started doing it too. And um, that got me the Lockdown Red Wings gig. Um, yelling about Detroit sports and, and such and uh, and then eventually Chris left and, and that left that open and and I got offered that one and now here I am I'm still doing locked on Red Wings and then I uh, yeah I'm doing locked on Tigers too and it's a big day today.
0: Yeah and Chris, Chris was a guest on several of the previous podcasts too and he's, uh, he's a podcasting friend. It's so funny we're going to talk about the big move the Tigers made in just a second but the origin of me as a podcast, and not at lockdown, but when I had my own podcast before and Sully Baseball, the origin of that podcast was I found myself driving a lot in here in Southern California, and I would be talking out loud to nobody about my thoughts about baseball, and I realized that I I should probably record these because some of these thoughts are pretty good, and I would like call up some of my friends. And not everyone to pick up the phone is like, "Hey, sellers so going to yap about the Brewers' infield at me." Notice I said to you, I say at them. <laughs> um, so uh, I said maybe you should do a podcast. And that was in uh, that was ten years ago. Ten years ago.
1: Now here we are. Here we are.
0: The history has been made. Um, let's talk a little bit about this right now. The Detroit Tigers um, were one of the best teams of the late 2000s through the mid 2010s never did win that title, that that elusive title uh, eluded them, but they remained uh, safe for their bullpen consistently, a tremendous team throughout that era. Um, Once that team fell apart, and the death of Mr. Illich, Tigers fell upon hard times, but fear not, Tiger fans. Um, Some good times are ahead. In fact, I pointed this out the other day, even though the Mets were in first place for about 2 thirds of the season, they finished the season with the same record as the Tigers. Not that that means that the Tigers were a juggernaut, but we saw towards the end of the year the Tigers were not the pushover that a lot of that they had been for a bunch of the previous years, and they have been making some serious strides in a potentially winnable division.
1: Yeah, very and and this is so much credit goes to AJ Hinch. That is that is one of the biggest, obviously a controversial hire at the time because of everything that happened in Houston. But I, I mean, that is he he has brought in his guys. We got a complete new coaching staff, and and even not even at the major league level, he he's he's hiring and firing people in in the lower levels of the minors. At the front office, had a complete turnover after the end of this season. Um and even when he got hired, we we have completely flipped, and it was a, a wide belief that in the early 2010s, when like you said, when the Tigers were really good, that we were one of the uh, least analytical front offices and organizations mm-hmm. in all of baseball. And we started the rebuild with that same system in place. And now, if you ask anybody in or around the game, the Tigers are are one of the front runners in analytics, and and they've completely flip the switch and how they look at data and all that. And A.J. Hinch is, is such a big reason and and all the losing and getting, you know, top end draft picks and stuff, uh, shedding salary. And now it looks like you said, it's finally time to start building it up. And it's really, really exciting.
0: You know, like in so many ways, the term analytics is uh, it's overused and misunderstood. I, I can't claim to be an analytics expert. Uh, and I am someone who loves the narrative and loves the story more than i love the analysis that being said i'm not running a front office it's the same thing i love watching a good like you know we mentioned robocop i can love robocop but that doesn't mean i'm the stop motion animator working on i could sit back and enjoy the results of it and if anyone wants to poo poo the concept of analytics analytics has always existed even if you were using data that we don't use right now you still looked at a player's numbers before you acquired them. You didn't pick them out of random. You always used analytics. You always used numbers. You're just using different numbers and using more predictive numbers than sort of narrative numbers like a run or run bad in or win, which tells a narrative but doesn't necessarily have any predictive quality to it. But if anyone who thinks that teams that turn the corner and try to make you try to rely on analytics. Say, well, does that work? All you have to do is point to the San Francisco Giants. Yes, I know they lost the division series for Los Angeles. They won 107 games without a legit MVP candidate, without a legitimate Cy Young candidate, and with a manager which everyone thought was a doofus going into the job. And gee whiz, how did that team post the biggest win total in the history of the San Francisco Giants? And I think the history of the Giants franchise Overall, because of the analytics department, knew what they were doing, and I, you know, if the Tigers want to turn things around, it seems like it's just hire smart people to make these decisions instead of playing whack-a-mole, which they were doing for a while at the end when the core of the team started to age out.
1: Yeah, very much so, and and you can see some of the 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 remains of that era are still here i mean the alavila has, has a very controversial figure in this city because uh a lot of people disagreed with how he he went about the rebuild and he has not won very many trades at all really outside of the the jamer candelario one that that's kind of the only trade he's made in his entire tenure that you can definitively look at and say like he won that trade um, and that was with an entire fire sale in 2017 of getting rid of any everybody. and and there's still some some prospects that are kind of lingering over from trades that were made back then. So it's really interesting to see kind of the the mix of the the new school, like top draft picks or new acquisitions like that we've made in the past year or so versus uh, people from like the the beginning of Avila slash end of Dombrowski era even um and uh it's it's an interesting mesh and it it looks like it's it's coming to uh to a to a peak and and yeah today was today was a a very very fun day for this fan base people are really pumped
0: well before we get into that move i want to just sort of point out one thing and that is one of the things that uh, it's like the hardest part of rebuilding any team is building quality pitching staff but it's interesting that in the American league central you have two teams that seem to have a lot of good solid young pitching but don't necessarily have the bats to back it up cleveland has piles of pitching and you're starting to see the emergence of detroit's pitching staff kind of like one of those magic eye drawings if you stare at it, it starts to reveal right. who they are and the likes of Mize likes of scuba the likes of uh you know manning didn't have a great year but he's a talented pitcher um you know Turnbull threw the no hitter then he, he missed a big chunk of the year but i mean you saw there's there are talented players on this team there are talented players in the bullpen you know fulmer was supposed to be an ace pitcher but you know maybe he'll be a solid reliever he certainly had a good strikeout to innings pitch ratio with a good uh, with a good era so uh, I think that when you take a look at this team, they are building with good young pitching, which is, in some ways, should be the cornerstone of a potential renaissance in Detroit.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that was uh, that was very much the the goal and the the direction of this team right at the beginning of the rebuild. Um, Matt Manning was someone that that they took in the first round and straight out of high school. And he developed into a, a top 20 prospect in all of baseball at one point. And then obviously having uh, the number one overall pick in, in 18 and getting Casey Mize uh, and and Tarek Skubal being a late round kind of a, a get that again ended up being a top 20 prospect in all of baseball. I mean, this this is a that has absolutely been the focal point since day one. Uh, e- even going back of the, of the people that haven't really worked out. I mean, in 2016, in the first round, they took Alex Fiedo. And he is, is or 20, 2015, 16, one of those. Um, but, I mean, he was a first-round SEC pitcher that they expected to be a frontline starter for years to come. I mean, it, looking at the, the, the strategy for this team forever, has always been pitching. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that in the, only in the last two years uh, with, with Torkelson and Green have, have they really taken a step back and said, okay, we have a, a wide net we cast with pitching. We're confident in our ability to build pitching going forward. Let's, uh, let's focus on getting some young bats in here.
0: Well, let me tell you something. You put together a young pitching staff, and you put them in a situation where they're, you're going to be in a position where you are going to have the better pitcher each night. That's going to make eventually, when things come together, will make the Tigers a, a good bet day-to-day for each game. If you're going to make any bets, go to Bet Online, which remains your number one spot for all your basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use your promo code lockdown to receive your bonus from basketball, football, Tigers baseball, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Las Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That online where well, the game starts. All right, we're here with Scott Bentley. Now we talked a little bit about the fact that the Tigers have built, or, or in the process of. It, I'm not going to anoint them. They're not the '95 Braves yet, but they have put together a nice core of young pitchers. And sometimes I'm bringing up the Braves as the the greatest example of what to do in a situation like that. Sometimes <laughs> you have a bunch of young pitchers and you insert a veteran or two who have been there and done that, that could be like they could take some of the pressure off of the young kids and you have the, you know, I know veteran leadership, and veteran person can sometimes be overrated, but I don't think it is in a pitching staff. If you have the one person you can rely on, there's obviously there's the rumors about reacquiring of Justin Verlander, but today they did acquire a World Series winner. Uh, tell tell us all a little bit, and Red Sox fans uh, wipe away a tears. Uh, uh, a beloved member of the twenty eighteen World Series championship, uh, and someone who came back big time after the you know terrible COVID situation in twenty twenty, uh, is now the uh, the benefit for Detroit baseball.
1: Yeah, Eduardo Rodriguez, baby Erod is uh, is a tiger. It's it's super. I, I mean, I, I, this has been someone that I have looked at and I have liked from, from afar for a very long time. Uh, he, he's somewhat of an analytical darling. I, I know we talked a little about, about analytics earlier, and that, again, is one of the reasons that I think this front office was, was so adamant on bringing him in. Um, the, the deal is around $80 million in uh, and, and five years. That's 16 AAV, and there's an opt-out after the second year. And I, I think it's a really good deal for both sides, which I, I, I think is important because mm-hmm. you know, we, we want to be pro player too. And and I think him locking up the financials of, of five years, but still also betting on himself with the with the opt out after two. If he if he does really well in the next two years, he can be a thirty one year old free agent and re hit the market again if he so chooses. Um so so I think that's really important for him. But but for the Tigers, it's I mean, this is the staff going into next year was going to be Mize manning School, Matt Boyd, and then no one. We, we only had four starters. Matt Boyd has also dealt with a lot of injury stuff uh, in, in 2021 and then was honestly just pretty horrible in the shortened season of 2020. So his status is, is kind of always been up and down. So really we had like three and a half starters. And then even on top of that, the three kids – None of them have broken the 150 innings pitch mark in their entire professional careers, nonetheless, at the major league level. So we needed innings. Erod has, has eaten innings. He has been a, a great innings eater his entire career. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, uh, his FIP, which is like a, a stat that I know the Tigers love in, in conversations and interviews I've had with with uh, prospects and minor leaguers within the Tigers organization at, at Locked On Tigers, the
0: the organization
1: is very big on FIP, and his FIP has been lower than his ERA almost every single season of his entire career. Um, and and this I, even in twenty twenty one, his ERA was four seven, but his FIP was three three. That implies a a ton of just bad luck his way. Taking him from the AL East and Fenway and putting him in Comerica, which is a huge huge pitchers' park, yes. deepest center field in baseball. And and in the current state of the AL East or the AL Central rather, which is weak teams. I mean, mm-hmm. let us be frank about it. So uh, I think this is a fantastic opportunity for the Tigers. I could not support and love the signing more. Um, and and for Erod himself, I think it's a great it's a great plan for him and his career as well.
0: Yeah, and I look at as someone who saw him pitch up close. It's really was a tremendous acquisition the Red Sox made, flipping Andrew Miller to Rodriguez, who, you know, had a couple of really outstanding seasons and was just a durable pitcher that they needed. I mean, he missed that season because of what happened with COVID, and he came back and, and was an effective pitcher. Even in the ALCS, he pitched six innings in the, the yeah. game that he won. Great playoff career
1: just in yeah. general.
0: Yeah, and in, and that he's someone who's been there and it's been, you know, quality career that he's had you know speaking of a quality career I know Miguel Cabrera is uh, he's no longer the player he once was he needs 13 more hits to get uh, three thousand um, on I, I believe I'm mean, now he has been signed until the heat death of the universe um, so he's we know he's guaranteed for 2022 and then 2023 um, he has uh, uh, vesting options in 2024, 2025, if he reaches the top 10 of the MVP in those votes. Um, I, I'm going to go to bet online right now and bet that he won't.
1: Safe um, bet.
0: But, uh, you know, you take a look at someone like him. He's kind of like the, the hobout of the, the, the previous era. But there are two other members of the previous era who are floating around as free agents right now. Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer are both can be signed. I don't think the Tigers are going to sign both of them, quite frankly. But if they do bring in a Verlander along with a uh, Rodriguez, then this could be an interesting situation where you suddenly have uh, a team that is on the verge of reaching 500. Suddenly, arguably having the best pitching staff in maybe the league.
1: Yeah, no, no, I mean, so everyone's been targeting Verlaner. that's the big one, right? I, I don't that that that, like I said, that's one that everybody has been pinpointing and and looking at for a long time, really, at, at, for years now. I, I mean, that's been talked about mm-hmm. since we traded them pretty much um and it it makes a lot of sense and, and there's people like his brother ben who kind of instigated and are like oh yeah like we've talked about it you know what i mean like that's there, there's so much with it and and it's interesting because i i think be, him being almost 40 and coming off tommy john the price for him would not be too high but that also those things also have risk right yeah. you're, you're bringing in that with with some risk too and um, so it'll, it'll be a super interesting, uh, situation there The the front office is pretty much all but guaranteed that at least some other starting pitching signing will happen. Uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like of, of the caliber of the one today or money wise or player wise, obviously, but, um, it, it I, I, they've pretty much said that, that they plan on getting more starting pitching help, which again, for the same reasons I talked about earlier, makes a ton of sense. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, if we're rolling into to 2022 with a rotation of of Mize, Manning, Schubel, E. Rod, Verlander, Boyd, uh, I'm going to be an incredibly happy camper. And then the the cherry on top is, is the, the number one need coming into the offseason and still now is shortstop. And so if if we address that and and bring in Erod, that's going to be a big one.
0: And there's a big there there are big shortstops out there. Obviously, Trevor Story. Corey Seeger is available, but there's one who used to play for AJ Hinch. There is who, you know, the the musical chairs comes around. I think Corey Seeger is going to go to New York. I think that the Dodgers are going to stick with Trey Turner at shortstop. I think the Cardinals are probably going to be the one to make a move for Trevor Story. And eventually some of the big suitors. If they all start moving away, now, I've said on this podcast before, and I've said on Lockdown Astros before, the Astros should have their head examined if they let Carlos Correa go. He should be the face of the franchise. He should be their franchise player. He understands uh, what he means to the city of Houston. And because of his connection to everything in 2017, he will not be beloved anywhere except Houston. And so I think both sides just need to throw up a number, pick it, and go on. But that being said, if he goes to Detroit, reunites with Hinch, and maybe enough years have started to pass, and we start moving on from what happened in 2017, which you know is gonna be five years ago in uh, once the season begins, then I, I let me put it this way I think Detroit fans would like him.
1: Yeah, and, and like I can tell you one thing, our fan base. I be like we brought in Hinch, like we're over it. You know what I mean? Like that, that was something we we all looked in the mirror and said, like this, this dude's good at his job. We haven't had a good manager in, since since Leland. Uh, yeah. We're you know we're we're gonna be if he brings winning here. You know, we're not not too many uh Tigers fans were too apprehensive when when Hinch came in. So I I, I can tell you, being that we've already. Picked one person from that 2017 scandal. Picking another is is not going to be a problem. And Verlander was even there in 17, and obviously yeah. he was a pitcher. But I mean, Verlander's a god here. He he can do no wrong. So so uh, there was I, I, I won't be a problem with this fan base. But yeah, I mean, if you're you're bringing in a shortstop, Verlander, E. Rod, and then you call up Green and Torkelson next year, you 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 might have a darn good team on your hands.
0: And there's no juggernaut in that division. The White Sox are a fine team. I agree. Town in Cleveland, Minnesota had an off year, but they, you know, they're still some talent in Minnesota. But this is a winnable division, especially if you have the pitching staff. So it right? should be interesting. I think this is we already saw this is an uptick by the end of the year. You know, once you take away their rotten first couple of months, they actually were an okay team the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, if, if you take away just April, from May 8th to the rest of the year, they went over 500 on the season. They went over 500 against teams that made the playoffs. They went over 500 against uh, teams with better records than them. They, they were over 500 against teams that were over 500. Uh, I, I mean, they, they were, if you take away April, mm-hmm. I mean, this team literally finishes uh, – in the 80 win total, uh, even if you only make them, you, you could make that team four games under five games under 500 in April, and and they would have been 500 on the season. It's just their April was a catastrophic worst team in baseball, kind of a start. And and once they got over that, they, they really did turn into a good team and and we're adding pieces to, to what we built last year. It's super exciting.
0: All right. We are still here with, Mr. Scott Bentley of Locked on Tigers. Now look at the other big news today with the Rookie of the Year votes. Uh, pretty, uh, you know, it was uh, uh, decisive than I thought it was going to be. Jonathan India got 29 first place votes. I personally hope Trevor Rogers of Miami who received only one first place vote. I found that to be kind of odd. Uh, that being said, Jonathan India had a wonderful year. I mean, it's not like they picked a a clown. I mean, I think India is a fine choice. I'm just surprised it was that much of a landslide that it was one in terms of first place votes.
1: Yeah, me too. My vote also would have gone to Trevor Rogers. I I I was blown, and again, no, like you said, not you know, it wasn't a robbery or anything. India had a fantastic year too, but um, I I I was shocked that it was a, a vote away from unanimous and. I also found it funny that that the one writer that voted for Rogers is Cincinnati-based. I just, I just thought that was, that, that kind of made made me giggle a little bit. But um, but yeah, no, I, I, two very clear one and two in the National League, and and you couldn't really go wrong either way. Even though uh, I'm with you, I would have voted for Rodgers.
0: Yeah, and and I actually thought India was going to win. And even though I would have voted for Rodgers, I thought India was going to win. But uh, as again, I thought it was going to be. Uh, neck and neck. I thought, I thought it was put a point toss. Um, in the American League, you had, uh, there were no Tigers getting votes in the American League Rookie of the Year. Uh, you had three Tampa Bay Rays getting Rookie of the Year votes, which fares well for their prospects going into 2022. Uh, that a team that was the defending American League champion had three Rookie of the Year candidates. Of course, the person who won was Randy Rosarena who, even though he was the Rookie of the Year this year, played in his third straight postseason. <laughs> he was Pretty impressive. Yeah, tw- that's, uh, like, that's more than uh, Mike Trout, Ted Williams, and Ernie Banks had in their career combined, three postseason appearances.
1: And
0: he did it as uh, a rookie. Look at that. Yeah, he, as a rookie. He's, he's a veteran. But for those of you wondering what I'm talking about, Rosa Brema actually played for St. Louis in the 2019 postseason when they beat Atlanta in the Division Series and lost to Washington. He didn't play in the NLCS but he played the Division Series against the Atlanta Braves. And of course, he was the great hero for the Rays in the 2020 World Series and was on the verge of being the big hero for the Rays in the Division Series against Boston. Uh, if not for a ricochet off of Hunter Renfro, but, uh, I'll admit it. But uh, Rosarina is one of the really exciting players of the league. I have no quarrel with that. He probably, I probably would have voted for him as well. But Luis Garcia uh, is uh, and uh, Adoles Garcia, the two Garcias, no relation, as far as I know, uh, are both had wonderful years. It looked like for a while Adoles Garcia was going to win it, uh, and Wander Franco. Also, Tampa, I think the only thing that kept him from getting more votes was that he didn't get called up until, like, the halfway point of the season. Uh, Emmanuel Classé uh, got one first-place vote. He had a tremendous season as a closer for Cleveland. And remember, he was part of the package that they got back for Kluber from Texas. So I like it when a team trades away a a player, and it looks like a salary dump. And one of the people comes back and no, 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 it wasn't a salary dump. They got talent back from right. Um, Shane McAnally, who had a good last third of the season with Tampa. Ryan Mountcastle, who seemed, if you watch just highlights against the Red Sox and and Yankees with the Orioles, you would assume Mountcastle hit seventy-two home runs this year. <laughs> and uh, Alec Manoa, who uh, pitched very well for Toronto. Uh, I maintain that if Toronto won two more games in the course of the year, they would have been in the world series because I think that they would have beaten Boston or New York in the wildcard game. And they probably would have beaten Tampa. And I think they would have clobbered Houston. And so just win those games early. Kind of like you were saying, Detroit had the crappy April. Um, win those games early. They count just as much as they do later on.
1: Yes, they do. Yeah, no, the the AL was was super interesting. I... I um. I would have loved to have seen one of the Tigers sneak in there. We had a, a ton of of really good rookies, but being that there was they were only voting first, second, and third place, I, I don't think any uh, I don't think any Tiger deserved to be in the 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 top three like that. Um, but I I think if the the voting was you know you're voting for like a top ten, I think you would have probably seen a a, a litter of Tigers down there at the bottom, but. I, I, I vote. I would have voted for Randy. I think Randy deserved it, um, and uh, and yeah. I mean, it, it was really solid going up against uh, a lot of those guys. I mean, Luis Garcia was someone that that uh, had a, obviously a very good postseason as well, and was important for that team the entire year. Uh, Class A, like you said, with the trade is that's always fun to see players like that. Um, it, it, it was a, it, neither. I should say both races were uh were were really interesting in their own right for, for who was gonna bring it home. But but I, I have no complaints on either end. I, I would have voted for Randy and even though I would have voted for Rogers in the AL, I'm I'm not too mad at India.
0: And who was the last Tiger to win rookie of the year?
1: Michael Fulmer. Damn right. Hey had yeah. actually forgotten that. Forgot no, that no, no, not year. a chance. Yeah, no and like like you said earlier, he's had a he had a great year yeah. out of the bullpen. So so I think they're they're kind of banking on him uh, to, to be a bullpen piece going forward, so uh, great turnaround story was was obviously not cut to be to be a starter anymore, sadly, um, but is a huge fan favorite here for for obvious reasons, and and yeah, never never forget that 2016. That was, that was a fantastic year.
0: Well, I'm not going to forget your first appearance here, and by the way, thank you all for making us your first listeners. We're we'll available on all of your podcasting platforms, and uh, hey, you know what? If you are going to make us your first listen, do what you should do for your second listen. Your second listen should be Locked on Tigers with Scott Bentley. I make no compunction about that. Let's have a third listen. Your third lesson, why not have it be Locked on Bets, which is your daily one stop shop. While your gambling needs Locked on Bets is hosted by your boy Q and expert analysis and insight from
1: Lee Sterling. So check that out as well.
0: Scott Bentley, tell people where they can
1: follow you on Locked on Tigers. Yeah, Twitter for the uh, Locked On Tigers account is just at Locked On Tigers. Um, doing a, we're at a point currently in the offseason where we're doing player breakdowns of of people on the twenty five or twenty six man this past year and kind of the season they had and, and looking at their their future with the team. So that's super fun. Tomorrow's episode will undoubtedly be about Erod, however. Um, and then uh, you can follow me, my personal account on Twitter at Bentley Scotty, where I I am uh, I'm, I'm all. Detroit sports, but but still very much mainly Tigers. Um, yeah, locked on Tigers. And uh, and then, yeah, if you're a hockey fan, locked on Red Wings, too. We're, we're having a fun kind of up-and-coming season ourselves. So.
0: And if you're a RoboCop fan, listen to that line that we say, that <laughs> yes. I love RoboCop. I think it is the greatest. Uh, uh, it's the best time capsule of the 1980s. I just love it. Everything – Everything about the 80s in one movie. But
1: yeah, it's was, it's but, still a big deal downtown. They still have like, oh, like this was shot here. This was shot here. They, they still have a lot of stuff with it.
0: It is a very, very clever comedy and satire disguised as an action sci-fi film. It's
1: a great way to put it.
0: There you go. And I've given that way too much thought. Just like you did this too much thought. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown and Milton Pods. Same handle for Instagram. I'm your pal Sullivan with Solid Baseball Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Talking about the Tigers, present and future. Talking about the rookies of the year, and of course, talk about RoboCop with Scott Benley. This has been locked on MLB for the 16th day of November 2021. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sullivan.